welcome to another episode of Shout Out to Help Out. Tonight, we have not one, but two very special guests, experts from the mystical unicorn-powered world of recruitment. Our first guest tonight loves her job. She's Creative Development Director at Beyond the Book, working closely with agencies and in-house creative teams from across the UK, helping them find the right talent for their teams. Her school teacher said she loves to talk, which is handy because she's here tonight to do just that. Please welcome to the podcast, the IR35 Oracle. I mean, Emma Head. Welcome, Emma. <laughs> you can put your microphone on now. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Steve. And uh, wow, what an intro. You're, you're welcome. You're welcome. Where, where are you joining us from this evening, Emma? Just, uh... Uh, from my uh, landing in Stratford-upon-Avon. And um, yeah, it's very glamorous. It is. It is. I, I can. I can vouch for that. Um, I'm, I, I should introduce our next guest. Really, with 27 years industry experience, 14 years in marketing agencies, and 13 years in marketing and creative recruitment, uh, she says she's a bit of a veteran. One of the founders of Beyond the Book, our guest is hands-on and is driven by her values of empathy, openness, fun, and hard work. And these are lived by not only in the day-to-day -day work, but also they filter through into every touch point at Beyond the Book. She's been called the Joe Wicks of Career Advice. Thankfully, she's not here to do a PE lesson live on YouTube. But please do welcome to the show, Anna Smith. Hello, Steve. Thanks for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And pray, pray, tell, pray tell, Anna, where are you joining us from this COVID-19 hell? I'm joining you from my house in Warwick or near Warwick. And um, I'm near my spot on the sofa, but you've dragged me off it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased to hear that. In fact, interestingly, you just said I like uh, my red wine and my spot on the sofa, of which both are next to me. Excellent. Well, you, you brought your sofa to the podcast. That's amazing. <laughs> and, and my red wine. Although you, you, made, you made this eight o'clock, which was quite, quite a horrific time for a lovely red wine drinker. I had to go easy before eight o'clock. So straight to it, ladies. Uh, welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you both here, uh, and and you know, two esteemed guests from from the world of recruitment. Um, I'd like to kind of lift the lid a little bit because we've had you know graduates who have just graduated or have graduated a while ago. We're also talking to uh, other industry professionals, so copywriters, designers, ad creatives, um, and it felt important, obviously, to have. You know, voices from the world of recruitment as well. Um, so, beyond the book, what is it? Who the fuck are you? Mm -hmm. and what the fuck do you do? <laughs> okay, we're beyond the book. We've well, I've personally been in the in the creative industry all my career um, from the age of twenty one. Beyond the book was born out of a love of the creative industry and about wanting to bring the principles of great account management into the recruitment industry. So our ethos and our process is very similar to that of working on um, on a creative brief for a client. We get to know our clients well, we get to know what their requirements are really well because we've got the knowledge to ask all the right questions and we set about trying to find people. And we love what we do. We've been going 11 years now. When we say creative, that is the whole spectrum of, um, of what you'd find in the creative industry. So it's your conceptual creatives, art directors, copywriters, through to graphic designers, through to 
art workers, visualizers, front-end developers, and then on the on the client services side as well. So all through um, the account management sort of spectrum, as well as of in-house studios with all those those roles as well. What's the very best and the very worst of today's market for for those looking for work, but also equally for, for your clients who are looking to hire? I think, you know, sort of in the bygone era, you could you didn't really know who was out there. So um, you don't you didn't know really who was a creative director. I mean, we used to get um, man, uh, marketing managers yearbook once a year, which would have the names of all the marketing managers and the creative directors. And that was like the Bible. So we knew who was where. Um, this was before the Tinterweb and those sparkly fang dangled stuff. And um, but it was like redundant as soon as it was printed, people were moving. So it was, it was a, a bit of a waste of space. So I think the challenge back then was you didn't know who was there and, you know, sort of and also had to reach them. So you had to you know, kind of go to great lengths to, to find people. And I think we've flipped to the opposite now in terms of now you can see everyone who's there, um, but there's so much noise. It's how do you stand out from that noise um, and make yourself heard. So I think that, yeah, it's it's a completely, from 20 years of doing creative recruitment, it's a, a very different um, challenge. And, um, and it's one that, you know, sort of, I don't think people, creators come out of uni or college armed with the right knowledge to be able to, to kind of tackle the industry. So, you know, we do, myself and um, Anna went to give a talk last year at the Cheltenham Design Festival, uh, which was aimed at graduates um, and creatives and, you know, sort of really giving them a, um, a lots of tips on, you know, what what to do, you know, to, to stand out and how to approach people. And, you know, I think it's important to try and give that information because it, it doesn't seem to be taught in the institutions. We, we, we're definitely going to touch on that later because it's it's a one one of one of many bugbears of mine. But um, but I, do you think do you think that it's it's hard to say? I mean, I I've been speaking to lots of lots of graduates as often as I can since I started the shout out to help out, and I think that I I always kind of use my example of well, when I left, I didn't have didn't have any of this you know technology available and. You know, you literally did have to just send out CVs and letters to whoever you thought might be at a postal address that you might have managed to get. Um, and it was kind of a wing and a prayer. And I don't know what's worth that and being ghosted then or the version of ghosted then or now, which is you can literally find people on LinkedIn, add them, write a personal note and hope, you know, that, that they might get back to you. And you so say you had this access to lots of people. But like you said, there's so much noise. You know, and also from your perspective with clients, do you think from the outside looking in, I've worked with recruiters on on uh, as a client and as someone that's been hired. Do you think that it's it's also changed people's perceptions? I think, or do you do you agree in the in that you know because there's this immediate access to everything, you know, there's a, they just kind of go, oh, I need someone by tomorrow, and the work's got to be done by Friday, or there's this perception that well things can just get done really quickly and. Because there's loads of people out there, you can just get your hand. Completely. And I think the, I think the advent of emails um, sort of really started this, I'd say, in the last five to, well, five to eight years, um, because we all want instant responses. So, you know, we want, we send an email and we expect someone to respond straight away. And I think, um, you know, we, and we want to try and respond straight away, but there's, there's kind of no way that you're able to do that. And it's similar with, 
kind of job applications. Um, you know, they, they just come in in droves or people apply in droves and it's, you know, it's their expectation versus what's physically possible. Um, and, um, but absolutely at the very bare minimum, they should get a response back. We're massive advocates of that. So, you know, there's nothing worse than, you know, sending stuff out into the ether and, you know, it, nothing coming back. I mean, I spoke to a creative director this week and um, this person is, uh, has, you know, is um, the, all the times they've been looking before, been offered every job they've gone to, always offered an interview and this person's being ghosted and, you know, the confidence is slipping. So it's sort of, you know, it's not just at graduate level. I think it's harder for graduates because they don't have, you know, sort of um, the network of people. They don't have, you know, uh, the breadth of, um, experience in and people know them so you know I think it, it's certainly a, a, a harder challenge but I think uh, yeah technology is not whilst it's great it, it comes with a lot of downsides I think so um, and it changes the, the landscape. If I if I could add to that because you can see so many companies because you can go on LinkedIn and look because you can Google and see that there are so many different channels and ways to get in contact with people. So if you're a graduate, they it should be so much easier than it used to be. But there there has been a danger, and I see it all the time, that graduates will really go high volume and just be applying for everything, sending notes to everyone, and actually less is more. I never get a call from a graduate. I never get a phone call from a graduate. The last graduate I got a call from was about a year ago and I placed her two weeks later because she was proactive. She wanted to talk. She wasn't hiding behind social media or email. People still buy from people and the industry loves effort. Hello. Welcome back. You're listening to Shout Out to Help Out, a podcast for graduates, industry professionals struggling as a result of COVID-19 or just anyone interested in the creative sector and how it works. We're joined tonight by two legends of recruitment, Emma Head and Anna Smith. Uh, a friend of mine who's a head chef in, in Norway has a couple of his own restaurants and I always remember him saying to me, you have to know the rules before you can break them. And one of the graduates I was talking to recently, you know, was in a job she didn't really like and she got furloughed and then they kind of invited her back and she said, oh, but you know, it's not really the work I want to do. And when I asked her about what it was, it was basically an art worker or researcher. And I was like, yeah, but what you're learning, like if, if, if you can sit down and write down all the things that you're doing at that job, unless they're things like scraping shit off the toilet, you know, you're learning. And unless those experiences are really bad, you take that to your next job. You know, it, it's not that they don't want to do it, but I think they're not prepared. They're not, they're not, it's not instilled. In- they, they don't see the value in it. And I think that that's the, the difficulty. And I think if, especially if you, if a, um, a creative is going to work in a smaller agency or uh, a company with a smaller um, marketing creative team, you know, you have to wear many hats. So, you know, yes, if you, if your first job's in a big advertising agency, um, as an art director, you may sit there all day coming up with concepts and, you know, sort of scamping and, you know, um, doing some Mac visuals, but, and you may never do any artwork, but actually those who have started out doing the artwork, doing design, and then come to conceptual, actually, um, far broader um, skill set, and therefore down the line can be, can sort of go in various different directions compared to someone who sat at the very top you know, sort of, and not sort of done and 
had added value in all those other levels. So um, it's it's a really it's a really interesting conundrum, and I think some of it is luck. You know who they meet at the very young stage, or you know who they know who knows someone. You know, so it's it's a bit of hard, a, you know, a bit of luck and a lot of hard work. Maybe I sound like an old twat these days, but I think if if you like the. When I and I always relate things in my head and vocally back to when I worked in the kitchen. I think if you start at the bottom, if you've spent hours with your hands down a drain, like pulling food out of it and washing all the plates, like it gives you a real appreciation for the same way that if you work in an agency and you start as an art worker and you get to do like kind of junior designer bits here and there, or maybe even like studio management, or you help assist like the studio manager. Great, you're learning how to run a fucking business, like. You know, that's those are those are actually really important valuable qualities yeah have. what about internships because you know um uh, paid internships because we're all about you know sort of at least pay you know sort of paying a normal figure but i think if people take people on and that on those basis that's where they may get to see all the different departments and maybe physically putting them through different teams. So, you know, go sit in the artwork team, go and sit in the design team. If it's a bigger place, you know, go sit with the, where all the creative teams sit. So go to the, you know, um, sort of um, account handling department. So, you know, and get a feel for what, what they love. So wouldn't it be great if um, many people did that on a paid internship? The, the, the graduate marketplace is always going to be a competitive marketplace. COVID hasn't changed the number of graduates in the marketplace. What's happened is is there's a perception that there's less less requirements in the marketplace, and therefore there's less opportunity for graduates. But um, and that's probably true, maybe by about twenty percent. But it's not that bad. The the market, as far as we're seeing it, is actually still very busy. However, there is a reticence to advertise at the moment because of the perception that you're going to get drowned in applications. So graduates need to be found. Okay, so we do a lot of this where we won't advertise, but we do use tools in our toolbox to find graduates. Now, graduates, I know that you might not have the title of graphic designer at the moment, but the only way we're going to find you on LinkedIn or any of the job portals is if you call yourself what you want to be, because and um this is not meant to be patronising because it's a new thing to them, but they're calling themselves bartenders, uh, kitchen assistants, whatever, whatever they're doing at the moment, they're calling themselves that, and they and they will never be found. Do put on your job title, on any profile. On LinkedIn, of course, you can say looking for graphic design or creative roles, but on the job portals, if you're putting your CVs out there, make sure that you're putting the job title of what you want to be, i.e. junior creative, junior graphic designer, junior copywriter. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I had a, a great role recently and it was a, a real learning point in the current, which was a graduate graphic designer, a great role. I couldn't find anybody. And it was because all the job titles were what they, what they, what they, what they are now, which was working in Cytel or whatever. And then I decided to advertise it and I got absolutely drained on, which was great, but but there was only about four people which stood out amongst about a hundred, and it was because they did a covering letter. Uh, it's because, as a creative, they created a PDF, very simple, very straightforward, but it says they're part of the industry, um, and um, 
they showed a little snapshot of their work, not giving everything away, but enough for me to see that that they've made a little bit more effort, going back to this bit more effort, bit more care in your application, less is more, quality over quantity. The ones which stood out looked like they made a little bit more effort. And of course, they were a graduate graphic designer, but most of them, most of them were. Um, but they just made that little bit more effort. But still, no one rang me. Shout out to Help Out is for graduates entering the creative industries, unsure of where to start, for anyone employed in the creative sector worried about their job, or for anyone who's just struggling due to COVID-19. It, it wasn't my idea, it was Laura's. Well, Laura's the one that drew the cock on my neck at Silicon Beach, so. No, but, but just saying to him, like, stop referring to yourself as a graduate. That's that you graduated like fucking months ago. Like you're now, you're a designer, whatever you want to be. If you're a UX designer, that's what you are. Like. You may not have the experience, but you know, you've got to, you've got to. Uh, as Anna said, your headline is a totally searchable field. So every word in that headline will come up in a search if somebody searches. So you could put junior designer, you know, with a strong, you know, loves branding or, you know, sort of UX or, you know, so put in there what, what you love doing, because if someone's searching for, you know, sort of, it depends on how they're searching. You want to come up in those searches. So we, you know, we pay LinkedIn a, an awful lot of money to for their recruiter package where we get to see everyone in the market. And that means everyone. And we do a junior designer search in LinkedIn that, uh, and say narrow it down to Birmingham. We will, there would probably be like 400 and 500 people that would pop up. And it's impossible for us to have conversations with four or 500 people. There's a fantastic button, not just the green banner that says you're open to opportunities, but there's an actual button on your profile which says, you know, sort of you're open to opportunities. So it's our instinct. We would go uh, LinkedIn then um, sort of give us out of those 400, there might be 80 who are looking for a new opportunity. So we're going to go to that box you know, of those 80 first, and then we're going to search through them. Those who have a picture, you know, have a picture, nice one. If you don't have a picture, sometimes it can be a bit weird. It can be funny. Put your portfolio in your um, contact details. There's a, you know, there's a nice little link there. Put it in there, but also put it in your featured section. As Anna said, just going to a little bit more effort. So if someone lands on you, you can kind of say, okay, look friendly. You say what you've done. You've showed a bit of work. Right, let's engage and have a conversation. So it doesn't have to be all singing or dancing, but good, the basics done well. Um, but the number, absolute number one tip, no errors. You know, the amount of spelling errors. You know, we all have spell check. We've got friends. Ask your mum. It's a real big no-no. You know, one little error you can overlook, but a CV or a profile littered with errors, it does not bode well. I had lots of errors in my brief document. <laughs> I, I, I corrected those. Recruitment and sometimes by proxy recruiters often get a bad name. It says here, uh, just, just tell them to either agree or disagree or discuss. And then brackets, get some protective earplugs and body up. <laughs> okay, so so recruitment gets a bad rap because 
there is customer experience is not invested in at every touch point. So there are recruiters out there who may very well be very good at certain things, but they haven't set themselves up properly. And it's actually an expensive thing to do to respond to everybody. You're not paid by clients until you place someone and you're not placed and you're not paid by candidates to help them. Okay. So it's always a delicate balance. On the, and the first thing is you have to listen to what your clients want. And therefore you are really literally looking for this unicorn. And even with creative, there's different types of creative with different styles and everything else. When you put a, a job out there, you are bound to get a lot of applications. But out of respect, you do need to segment how you go back to people who have made certain levels of effort. And unfortunately, that isn't the structure of some recruitment agencies in terms of being able to have one person and you do need one person dedicated to replying to every application, but in a segmented way. So we will send emails back, but then if somebody then challenges that or want a little bit more reason, then there's a, another stage we go to that. So so it's just got to be a, an efficient infrastructure to be able to get back to people because you are drained on and it's very difficult to manage and some recruiters unfortunately and it, and, and it's, it's you know it is a costly business recruitment and it's quite difficult to find that dedicated resource to do it so so the biggest gripe in the industry is this lack of response okay now interestingly this is not just about recruitment agencies there's a lot of direct recruitment going on i.e employers um, advertising themselves because it looks easy those often really do not have the dedicated resource to be because they're not recruiters to be dealing with every response or even feeding back after any interview so this isn't just recruitment agencies this is recruitment full stop are often not invested or haven't thought about what might happen when they put that ad out for certain skill sets and have planned for how to manage it and that customer experience hasn't been thought about enough it's just we need one person don't worry about everybody else we're just focusing on that one person and unfortunately it, it gives recruitment a really a really bad name however there are sort of some general rules we're talking about a niche industry in creative today aren't we really care about their niche they're more knowledgeable they care their reputation is really important they're entrepreneurial they want to survive and if you want to be represented and you are a creative graphic designer, you probably will have a better experience with them than thinking of going to some of the big recruiters, which are generalist. Absolutely. And I think also most people treat us really lovely. We've, we've got so many great relationships with candidates, as you say, we've seen them through their career. You get, unfortunately, the odd people who who aren't so nice or, or they are quite demanding um, and demanding on our sort of time. So and that's, that's tricky. I say there's only so many hours in a day. And, you know, as, I, as Anna says, we want to help people. They have to, you know, help us a bit as well, but also understand, you know, that we also have to spend a lot of time speaking to clients to try and get them opportunities to speak to them about. Where there are lazy recruiters who don't think through, you know, great experience at every touch point. Equally, there's a lot of laziness from a candidate and job seeking perspective. I would still maintain that if everyone's playing the same game and you've got recruiters going, here's a job and candidates going I'm going to scatter myself everywhere actually do you know what pick up the phone like the phone probably rang five times today and if someone had rang and said I've applied I just wanted to make sure that you've got it even that is a bit of effort and I'm going to recognize their name when that comes through you can't be speaking to someone you know and getting their gauging their energy their enthusiasm you know you can't get that same 
response in a note, an email, a DM, a WhatsApp? I don't think a lot of graduates even know that recruiters exist. Like They're just not told about it. I think there's definitely an education piece and more to be done from the unis. And actually COVID is meaning there's more videos and webinars and everything, which which I'm sure is going to help them more and more than ever before, which is which is absolutely brilliant. But here's the thing about being a creative or graphic designer. When you're out in, in the world, if you... You know, you're going to get a brief which says, you know, we're, we're targeting X or Y, that age group that live there, they eat this, they think that, they do that, whatever, come up with a great piece of creative or a great piece of design. Who is my target market? Where are they? What are they looking at? What are they reading? Where are they? Oh, look, they're not on Snapchat or Instagram. They happen to be recruiters and employers. And where are they? And what are they doing? And how, and how do I reach them? And I think if you do get down to sort of those 10 um, that you've chosen, you know, your creatives think of a create. You know, it's not just a an email. Uh, a phone call would be marvelous. But you know, what creative idea can you do to get yourself noticed? So I remember once. This is going back a number of years ago. Um, a graduate sent me in the post in a lovely box, uh, which I opened a mannequin's foot with their CV wrapped around it, and the whole thing was they wanted their foot in the door. Brilliant! If you're going to do a highly targeted search. Think of a great way that you can stand out. Yeah, do your own do your own campaign. Market yourself. Pretend you're a brief. You know, th- this kind of stuff. I was talking to my son's business studies teacher at the secondary school last year before COVID, and his parents even. I was like, you know, we were, they were talking about what they're going to be doing this year, and I was like, you have to you have to start teaching them some life skills because by the time they get to university, it's almost too late. I think there is going to be a decade of change and I think the educational system will change as well. I think it's all going to be about preparing kids for the workplace. So I think we're going to see quite a shift in the exam culture and more and more actually about, about you know, forget that, just let, let's get them prepared to work. Yeah, practical learning. I mean, I think, I think that there's, I think if anything, I'd like to think that this period has maybe opened up the eyes of a lot of universities as to the glaring inadequacies that they aren't preparing their their graduates or students to leave as graduates with. You know, it's not just about a bit of paper. Nobody's ever told, nobody's ever asked what I got on my BA, I've got a first, or what I got on my MA, distinction. You know, but because, because you know what, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it's an indication of my application and how I apply myself to my work and my craft. But actually what really matters is, you know, has that student, you know, got the nuance to pick up the phone and call you? Yes. You know, and all of a sudden that simple thing, which actually like maybe 15, 20 years ago would have been run of the mill is now fucking old on. Oh, old on. Hello. I speak to a lot of young people who say they're told at uni that everything's digital. Yes, the world is like that, but it's very saturated. And actually sending something to a creative director or an influencer in a company, it will stand out because no one's doing it. Making a phone call will stand out because no one's doing it. I've been contacted by a whole plethora of people and and not just graduates. That's our shout out to help out started. But you know, we've been contacted by lots of people who've been made redundant recently, are in a bit of a pickle with themselves. And as you picked up on earlier, mentioned, you know, some people are kind of losing their confidence for lots of reasons, like not being responded to, being ghosted or or just having a shit interview or not getting the job they hoped for. And this is a really broad question, so feel free to kind of narrow it in if you want to. But for anyone that is listening, and we know there's millions of them out there, to anyone that's been made redundant anywhere in the creative sector, 
What, what would be your advice to them to make sure that they're in their kind of the best prime position mentally and physically to kind of get themselves out there again? Well, I think number one is keep the positivity. If you're if you go into a negative cycle, it's quite hard to get out. Try and support others. If you go on LinkedIn, you'll find that so many people are supporting and helping others, and actually, it gives you a bit of a purpose. And people then want to help you back. So it's yes, you have to think about yourself. You've got bills to pay, you know. But equally, at the same time, if you if you think outside of yourselves and want to help others, you know that that karma and that good will and intention gets noticed by people and it's bound to come sort of back to you don't come across as desperate even if you are be tenacious it's not giving up you know make sure that your cv is you know sort of says exactly what you need it to say don't just ask your mom you know and see what she thinks she's always going to say that you're lovely, you know, sort of ask your friend, ask a mentor, find a mentor, get your portfolio, you know, looking as best it can be, you know, make sure your LinkedIn profile looks great. That tenacity and being helpful to others, I think it will come back to you in spades and show people, you know, kind of your character. Shout out to Help Out is here to help you, inspire you, perhaps motivate you. We'll share some stories from the creative industries, some insight, maybe some advice. Talk nonsense, talk shit, talk shop. Then we wrap it up and we all bugger off. That's generally how it goes. If that sounds good with you, Gert Ruvi. Putting a positive hat on, take some faith that actually the place is really busy. You just can't see that it is. Where you're, where you're going to think that there's not many roles out there is because people are reluctant to advertise. Just because you're not seeing the level of perhaps job ads that used to be out there, don't be, don't think that they're not there. Putting yourself as open to opportunities on LinkedIn, having a consistent message about what you are. Don't try and dilute what you are because you're desperate. If you are a bloody good art director, you're a bloody good art director. Don't start applying for 3D roles and everything, you know, account director roles on the suit side. It is a competitive marketplace. There is no point in you starting to be what you're not. Keep the faith. Be very clear on what you are across multiple touch points. Be present. Be found as well as applying for things. And then that's all you can do. You can only do what you can do. But the biggest thing is be true. stay true to who you are. Your biggest value, be clear about what you are, have clarity, have consistency across multiple touch points. And when that job's there, you will be found or you will apply for it. And it's right for you because you know it is. So um, that tenacity, which Emma was talking about, but not tenacity, just, just tenacity in, in keeping the self-belief, but putting yourself in the right place, consistency, clarity, um, nice and upbeat, very helpful, kind, what goes around comes around and it will happen. What, what would be your advice to people that are thinking about that or have thought, heard the word freelance and gone, ooh. People have a tendency to overthink things. And when you say how, you know, you know, make sure that you say that you're open to freelance, you know, at this point, you don't know, need to go and set yourself up and go to the Inland Revenue and start making a logo of yourself and get a website. We're basically saying, tell people that you're open to freelance if they need some help. Don't overthink these things. We're not, not saying, how about launching yourself into a career of freelancer? We're saying, if, it, if you've been made redundant, you are open to work, whatever that is. Just make sure you're saying that to everybody. And I think on the freelance side, um, you know, most freelance, uh, most clients who come to us um, for freelancers often want seasoned professional freelancers. So perhaps not of the graduate variety. It doesn't mean to say those jobs don't exist, but maybe, you know, sort of clients might get those uh, those people direct. 
Um, sometimes we do get junior um, sort of roles coming through on the freelance side, but there's always a mixture. So as Anna said, it's really easy to set yourself up as freelance, but don't do it until you've got a booking. You know, ask for advice. Be careful about rates. One, you don't want to price yourself so low that A, you do yourself out of a disservice and B, you upset the whole freelancer community who you're going out there saying you do something for a certain price and you know, you're undercutting all the professional freelancers. You need to take advice. So it could be calling a recruiter. It could be actually, let, why don't you message another freelancer on LinkedIn and say, you know, can you help me? You know, people are open to helping others. So, you know, sort of don't, you know, sort of guess on that side. There's also uh, websites such as ours. We've got a whole insight piece on what to think about before you go freelance, because um, yeah, if you if you want to do it professionally, you know, there's lots of things to consider. If you want to do it as a springboard to perm job, then, you know, there, it, it can certainly, as Anna said, open doors for you. So things like how to get paid, rates and things like that can be easily found or you know kind of give people like as a call so it's but it's not scary impressions and etiquette now <clears throat> so uh, to applicants um what, what what are your top tips for making the most of that first impression particularly if uh, a call on teams or a zoom um interview what what are your top tips for kind of the etiquette can you offer or maybe like do's and don'ts <laughs> On the agency, more relaxed, styly interviews compared to the big corporates. Do you know what? They all still expect you to look like you're taking it seriously, even if the interview is very relaxed. Not sitting on a sofa, looking like you've created an environment, looking like you've put something clean on, looking like you're prepared. You would be surprised. You get people slouching on sofas. You get people who haven't turned their phone off. Won't even look you directly in the eye. I'm like, what's that about? You know, there's another a really important point here. Um, I spoke to a graduate quite a long time ago, and I really felt for this candidate because she said, "I'm starting." To, she said, "I'm an introvert, and I don't know whether there's a place in the world for me in the creative industry because all the advice you get is, you know, stand out, do this, do that, and that's really not my my style and, and um, you know, and with interviews and all sorts of things. And coming back to the point where is there's a place in the world for everybody. That is all about her thinking about the roles in the creative industry, which don't expect you to be extrovert. So no, that might not be the conceptual art director who's going to be pitching. It could be the headphones on art worker who's equally as valuable, but bloody loves their quite happy to be one of 10 art workers or whatever. So I really want people which are feeling more introverted. They are no less valuable than extrovert people out there. And yes, they might want to stand out in a different way. You can still stand out by putting something in writing and putting it in the post and doing something creative. So when I've been saying about calls and things, my point really is to stand out. And that is something on someone's desk, something posted, something written, covering letters, there's lots of things you can do as an introvert before picking up a phone and you'll still stand out against many, many other people. And be prepared. Write the questions down. So be amazed how many people kind of go, yeah, I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember what, you know, to say. And, and they don't because you're in the moment, you're a bit nervous and, ah, you know, so no one minds if you've gone to trouble and you've researched and you've written page of written questions that you can pick up and read and ask them doesn't really matter it doesn't it shows that you're prepared do you advocate your candidates kind of being candid you know is it personality over formality is it character and charm over conformity um is it a balance of the two i mean it's i know for younger people who probably have just graduated it's harder but you know i the reason i'm asking is because a lot of people i'm kind of trying to 
filter these questions through a lot of the feedback that I've been getting. And like we've touched on tonight, a lot of them just, they don't know how, where to start. And, and it's okay for us to go, oh, yeah, yeah, just send them a message on there and like, yeah, be a bit cheeky, um, <laughs> which is easy for me because I'm a cheeky twat. But, you know, it's not that easy if you're like young and you're early 20s and you're like, well, I don't know. But, but personality does count, right? There's, there's no hard and fast rules because it depends on the type of role you're going for, which will have a certain amount of attributes which are expected for that role. And you just, these graduates, they're, not just, they're just not going to be able to read it or understand it or know it. So therefore, you do have to be yourself. So whatever your personality is, let it shine. Just be honest and articulate about it. And if that opportunity is right for you, brilliant. If it isn't, cultural fit is as important as a job. It really is. If you're a junior... And you go into a company because you've basically kind of square square pegs round holes and have said yes to everything and yes, yes, I'm extra and yes, I love ideas and yes, everything just to get that job. There's never been there's never a worse time in your career than those first two years to feel so unhappy and stressed if that feels wrong. Getting that first job totally wrong won't be about the job itself. It will be about you you've pretended to be something or someone that you're not so be honest about yourself and employees don't expect perfection you know so don't put perfection on yourself because i think that's where people kind of go i said one wrong thing you know it's like who cares do you know what i mean so i think if if you if you start if you style it out, you know, you might, you know, whatever it is you've done, you might have sworn, which, you know, in Steve's world is happy days, but, you know, maybe not at uh, first interview stage or, you know, whatever you've done, don't, you know, don't stress about it, you know, um, even have a laugh about it or say, look, I'm really nervous, you know, I'm, I'm really keen on this job. Don't try and think you've got to be this formal, polished person either, you know. You don't want to be ridiculously laid back, but equally, client wants to, or your future employer wants to see who you are, you know, warts and all. With a, with a junior or graduate, that employer can see on your CV that you're qualified and they can see that you've got the skills that they are needed. It's lovely for your personality to shine, whatever that looks like. But more than anything, they're looking for evidence of um, somebody who really wants to prove themselves, who has clearly got a work ethic. Um, so they mostly explore things that you're interested in. What do you read? You know, we looked at your portfolio. There's obviously a lot of illustration, a bit of branding work in there. Have you got anything else to show us? And what they want to hear is, I haven't, but I'm currently, at the moment, I'm... Uh, I've joined the One Minute Brief gang um, to try and add to my portfolio. I'm um, I'm doing work for friends and family for free so that I can get some more commercial work in my portfolio. They want to hear those things. The the personality part of a junior is: do, do they look like they that that they are seriously keen about their career? That they're going to give it their all. They're not going to be on their phones all the time. They really want an opportunity. They know that. They might have got it wrong. They're not expecting them to know that that employer is the perfect job forevermore. They really want to know that if we're going to bring a junior in, have they got work ethic, which is evidenced through extracurricular activities or proactivity in building their book or doing, doing, doing sample work. They want to hear the passion. So welcome back. You're listening to Shout Out to Help Out with me, Steve Price, joined by Anna Smith and Emma Head from Beyond the Book to masters of creative recruitment who are here to offer their golden insights into the industry. You have witnessed a man trying to do two things at once. (laughs) 
welcome to a segment we like to call Power of Three. Here we hand over the airwaves to our guest. Guests. One minute per item, three minutes in total. No more, no less, no exceptions. After 60 seconds, you'll hear this sound. Next! Meaning you must move on. When your three minutes is up, you'll hear this sound. Shut it! Emma, Anna, uh, I gave you instructions in a rather long-winded email. Just obey my command at all times, and you now have three minutes. Remember to put your mics off mute. Your first minute starts just as soon as I have put the timer on. Your first minute starts now. Okay, it's Anna here. I'm going to give you a little bit of advice for young people out there. Your career is a process of self-discovery. It's not until you are in the workplace that you'll start to know your strengths or the culture that works for you or the size of company which suits you, what sectors you have a passion for, where you like living and much more. You have to start somewhere. So don't be too discerning and miss out on the start of a journey towards your perfect job. Be brave enough to move on from what you don't like and towards what feels more right for you. And eventually you'll end up in your perfect place where your value is most appreciated and rewarded. She's got an awkward nine seconds left, ladies and gentlemen. Five, four. Next. All right. From me, I'm going to say keep developing your portfolio. So, um, as Anna alluded to earlier, keep adding spec campaigns to your portfolio. Um, creative directors love to see how you can think when you let loose on any type of campaign. So be sure to put your rationale in, any scribbles, scamps, CDs, absolutely love that. So, um, you know, sort of the, the more the more we can see your personality and how you think, um, not just polished pieces. So another way of keep, uh, to keep adding to your portfolio is to get involved on Twitter with the One Minute Brief community. It's an absolutely great way to flex your creative conceptual muscles. And even for those less conceptual, it's a, uh, a brilliant community to be a part of and a great way to network because there's um, there's creative directors on there, studio managers. So, you know, people that you're actually going to one day hopefully be working with are taking part in these daily challenges. So, uh, and even the onball newcomer of this year was a graduate and she's now an award winner and she hasn't even secured her first role yet. Next! Uh, find a buddy. So, um, you know, we're in a quite a kind world at the moment and there's a lot of people who want to help. So do your research on LinkedIn, um, find a senior designer, a creative director, someone who's working in an agency you really admire um, and you think the work that they do is right up your street. Um, send them a LinkedIn message or even go one further and send them a nice voice note uh, into their LinkedIn inbox and asking if they can review your work and critique your portfolio. So uh, and even if it all goes well, perhaps you can go one step further and ask if they can be your mentor. So, you know, people are so open to this at this moment. So um, go cold, be bold and ask. You've got nothing to lose. I'll end it there. You had 10 seconds left. Shut it! Thank you. That was very useful. I'm sure there's lots of interesting information there for all of you listeners. Just a little bit of housework now. So before we finish the episode, we always like to leave and by asking our guests if they have any questions, last remarks, pearls of wisdom, or something they want to plug to our listeners. You have you have the floor, ladies. Okay, what I'd like, really like to say is with these, um, um, it's brilliant that, that Steve and there's many others actually uh, championing juniors and trying to help in the in the current climate. Um, but we have got um, a lot more detail we can give and we are planning some, um, some webcasts to go into detail about um, how to identify yourself in the market, 
how to reach the market um, and all those little tips and tricks that we think would um, would help you. So um, if you want to send an email to info at btbpeople.co.uk and let us know that you're interested in future webinars for graduates, um, we will make sure that you're part of part of what we do, which, which should be over the next couple of months. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thank you. On my side, I just want to say, you know, people buy from people. So, you know, uh, smile at the world, be kind to others, and hopefully people will be kind to you. The world will smile back. So keep the, keep the positivity. Thank you very much. Um, this is this is our final segment. Uh, it's the one we like to call "In Conclusion." I think we've all learned an awful lot here today. Effort, put it in. Quality over quantity. Be searchable. Be open to opportunities. Kindness gets you a long way. Don't be lazy. Avoid the media. Be found and be consistent. Don't be something you're not. Look like you're taking it seriously. Think about the things you could do outside of work and talk about them. Be productive. Show them the passion, okay? Um, that's our show. Uh, thanks to Emma Head and Anna Smith. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. I'm heading on over to my spot on the sofa. Last but never least, uh, to you, our listeners, and you over there in the corner. Yes, you, our future sponsor. Thanks in advance. You can catch this and more episodes on our website. Shout out to helpout.org. If you'd like to be a guest, email us, team at shoutouttohelpout.org. Be safe. Be well. Be gone. Bye-bye. Shut it!